0: Cliff Central I've got something important to tell you. Welcome to Future CEOs here on Cliff Central. My name is Gareth Armstrong. It is good to be with you today. What do we do on Future CEOs? Well, we get the best and brightest into studio to share their journeys and insights and tell us how they do what they do. Why? Because well, these CEOs, these business pioneers, these entrepreneurs, they're a little bit further along on their journey than us, and they've got wisdom that they probably have collected over a series of mistakes and accidents and failures. Calvo, you're smiling Riley. there. That's pretty accurate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the, the Cliff Central Studios. Welcome to the Future CEO Show. It's good to have you here.
1: Good, ad- good afternoon, Carleton. Good afternoon to our listeners, and thank you very much for inviting me, and I'm glad to be here.
0: Calvo, please... Share with the, our listeners who you are. So we've brought you here for a reason, but who are you? I'm
1: Calvo Mawela. Uh, I grew up in the rural side of this country, a place called Bushburg And I think the best way to describe me is one journalist uh, wrote an article a few weeks ago after getting appointed as the multi-choice CEO. And he titled it from Bushburg Ridge to multi-choice CEO. So mm. I think that's the best description that uh, anybody has ever put to me.
0: Well it's an interesting description because really what it what it highlights is this incredible journey that has been your life and your experience and I'd like to explore that a little bit with you to today Let, let's start right in the beginning. So Bushbuckridge born raised uh, just describe yeah. what what circumstances you've been you you were under certainly in the the early parts of your life please. Yeah.
1: So Gareth, uh, I grew up in Bushback Ridge. I come from a family of seven children uh, raised by a single mom uh, who used to teach at primary school. And it was a hard upbringing, as as many of the black people in the country who come from rural areas will, will attest to. Mm. And what what I found interesting along the journey of growing up in Bushback Ridge is that my mother, who happened to be the one that leading the household, just instilled a sense of discipline amongst us. Uh, And firstly, that we need to work hard. Secondly, that it doesn't matter what background we come from. We have the brains, and if we've got the will, we should be able to get to whatever that we aspire to be.
0: You've highlighted something there that is worth just mentioning. This idea of hard work. I read that article by the way that you that you highlighted and you highlight hard work as a, a part of your a key part of your journey over and over and over again mm. just a a word or two on that value that that, that thing that is hard work where, where did where was your first experience of the the desire perhaps to not work hard and how did you overcome that that's an interesting question
1: yeah so in many instances i think as a young as a young person you'd get you you get to be distracted by what's happening around you mm. you there is a lot of fun happening around you and you can easily follow through with other uh, of your peers who are having a lot of fun and r- not focusing on what's important in life you mm. know and you i also was part of those that uh, along the way didn't find the the best way to have a balance around it but i think when you get home and you are with this, with your parent who instills a sense of agency, who instills a sense that you need to live a purposeful life, then you begin to appreciate that you really need to work hard if your parents also demonstrate that they are prepared to work hard. Mm. Be that they are just pure teachers and they're putting an effort into making sure that they teach as best as they can and they get proud when they see some of the people that went through their classes being successful, then that aspire hope in terms of you also getting to work hard. So... That is the, element, the big element of, of the discipline that uh, I think my, my mother brought into me. Yeah,
0: I, I like this idea of urgency that you described because a part of the journey that is you is also an, an education, a university education that was paid for through a loan from what I understand is a loan shock, And that there's no urgency quite like the urgency to pay off a very expensive, uh, some very expensive mm. credit.
1: Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm very grateful for my mom in the way that she handled the way my way into university because when I completed my matric and had uh, better symbols that allowed me to go and study engineering I've always aspired to study engineering and my mother came to me and said now that you've completed your matric what would you like to to study I said engineering but little did I have in mind that my mother will be able to even pay for it because I knew the circumstances didn't allow us to be didn't allow that she can get, have the money to, me, to take me to university. Mm. But what she did was she took me by the hand. We walked about a kilometer or so to one of the better houses in the village. And we sat in this lounge and I could not understand why we, we are at this house. Mm. And my mother then outlined that... The son has just completed matric, wants to study uh, electrical engineering at the University of devon She has no means for making that happen. Banks will require loans, uh, will require guarantees for the loans, and she's asking for her to help. Fortunately, the lady sitting on the other side that I I learned to know later on as we were leaving the house is that she was loaning people money for whatever means that Mm. they need on Mm. a day-to-day basis, and that's what we call loan sharks because... Mm. The return in terms of the money that you have to pay back of that loan, it's around thirty percent, mm. which really makes it even worse for a person that is struggling to pay bills yeah, yeah. on a day-to-day exactly. basis. Very difficult terms those. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very grateful that my mother had the courage and gave me that opportunity. And today, I think it's it's proving to be a very good investment in me because that's where I am because of that loan. That my mother got for, from from the lady that was giving loans in the village
0: So I, th- I think what we're doing here is we're not ad- advocating taking loans out from loan <laughs> sharks But what we're certainly saying is that if there's a bigger vision If there's a high priority If there's a sense of urgency as you've described Then you must do whatever it takes to to get the foundation right and solid enough for you to be able to push forward in your life and that and that seems to be what you were able to do there's a, there's a certain confidence that comes with it when you get a you know that cap on your head or the gown that you're wearing and you finish your degree and you move out into the world isn't there
1: no 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 there's it's it's you you can't even explain it when you walk out on uh out of that uh, hall or whatever that you Wherever that you are you are graduating from and you see your parents sitting there and as you leave, you see your parents crying because mm. they could never have imagined coming from a village like Guzbagli struggling to make it, man, ends meet, just putting bread on the table or food on the table on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And there you are, Calvo, graduating with a BSc in electrical engineering. Mm. It's the biggest pride that they can ever have. And the way they came to make it happen, it's much more inspirational than than you can ever think And it just encourages more and more people To begin to realize that If your child shows potential All you can do is give opportunity to people And mm. if, if people grab it by their hands They are able to achieve whatever that is out there.
0: You know what I love? I love this idea of, of consciously engaging what you're doing on a day-to-day basis so often what happens and you, you've highlighted, especially seemingly, especially in, in young people, there, there seems to be a lack of focus and, they, and I'm going to say we, so you and I, I we, we're also subject to this but what, what often seems to happen is that there are going to be distractions that come along and if we're not intentional or conscious about what we're doing on a day-to-day basis, we can just flow wherever the water's taking us or wherever the wind's yeah. taking us and what uh, taking that a step further what i really love is this idea of conscious confidence creation so what, what i learned quite a few years ago in fact uh, it was probably the, the the one pivotal thing that i learned when i was also so you earned five thousand rand in your first job i also earned five thousand rand in my first job but i was getting paid in other ways and one of those ways was through lessons that I was learning. And one of the lessons was, was a definition for confidence, which is confidence is trust in processes that work. And the only way to engage processes that work or processes in general is very consciously. And so what I'd like us to do for a moment is, or, or not for a moment, rather the rest of the conversation is Consider your life and how you, what you've done is accumulate processes that have made you confident. Mm. Let's start with your Centec journey where you were earning 5,000 Rand there. Mm. Uh, 5,000 Rand is not a lot of money. Mm. Why were you doing it? Why, why did you decide 5,000 Rand was good enough to work for this firm?
1: No. Uh, I came from a real background, never known better how much uh, with an engineering degree I can earn. on I was great for is that. Here is a person again. Give me an opportunity to prove myself in a work environment. All I could do is to be grateful for that opportunity and make it work. And it was not the nicest of jobs. Mm. Uh, I think outside mining, of miners really mining underground, mm. we were among the riskiest jobs that I that I did because mm. I worked in a department called antenna technology, which means you are more likely on a day-to-day basis among the things that you will do is to hang outside the the Brixton Tower, which oh, is wow. three hundred which is three hundred meters high. Yeah. And fix antenna problems, signal reception problems from there. So so, so
0: hold on. You're telling me that you were up in three hundred meters high yeah. fixing antenna. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: So that's that, that's what I did. That's a uh, job little yeah. little did I know whether I'm I'm scared of height or I'm not scared of height. You just got it. But do. I just walked in and they said, Are you scared of height? I said I don't know. (laughs) I didn't even say I don't know. I I was just glad that there is an opportunity for me to get a job. And it's linked to my electronics engineering that I I graduated with. And I took it upon myself that I think let me go in and try to do this job as much as I can. Mm. And it will will be a learning along the process and let me do it. And as I started doing the job, I realized, okay, everybody hangs out there uh, 300 meters high and people are getting along and it's 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 a nice environment to work in then i i fitted in nicely and then height was not a problem you get used to it over time it's just mm. a question that you have never been there and then the exposure just helps you so that's why I started in my in my career. It was not the nicest of jobs. That's why I'm saying that many people will not <laughs> take the chance to be hanging outside <laughs> Princeton Tower. But
0: I, that, that's that's one mm, heck of a thing. But mm, really I, I I would just I step back and I look at it and you probably learn that if you can do that, you can probably do anything in the world.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So so what what I what the learnings are in terms of opportunities that come your way is that all opportunities that come your way, they build you up. In terms mm. of character, uh, the character that I'm talking about—that you go into areas that you have never been—if uh, you ask an engineer, uh, an engineering student at varsity and you tell them that one day you're gonna hang out of a 300-meter tower, they will think, "No, that's no longer engineering. Mm. It's a rigging. Mm. It's uh, p- people that have never been to school that have to do that particular job." But at that time, I didn't know any better. I said, "It's a job. It looks like there are some electronics involved in it, and let me let me try it." So. It builds your character in terms of getting into the world of, unknown, of the unknown. And that's how you begin to appreciate every element of what you do in life that it all builds you as a person to become what we are today.
0: When we talk about succession planning, and and I've had various conversations over the years with CEOs talking about succession planning, and really what they often do is they reach quite far down into their organization and they look for individuals that show potential. And then intentionally, they move them around the organization to give them a variety of different opportunities and see the business in different ways and from different views and then also deal with different kind of challenges. Uh, And if you're intentional about that, what you've just said is uh, it builds you, line upon line. Uh, it builds you into this individual that can then be used or is ready for bigger, better opportunities. The, the Centech thing was an adventure for you, so it certainly mm. sounds like that. Mm. What was next? So yeah. did you did you walk the la- uh, some kind of ladder um, in yeah. Centech, within Centech yeah. first? Yeah. W- yeah. What happened?
1: Yeah, so as an engineer, the, the immediate task that you have when you get into a work environment is to get – professional engineering status which means you go through an engineering body that evaluates you and checks if you are ready to become a professional engineer which means you can operate on your own you can go run your own company Mm. you can do many things independently Mm. and that was the target that i said within centec i'm not going to leave three years i have to go in front of the engineering council of south africa and get my professional engineering status that was the goal Mm within 3 years yes i was ready with my report submitted to engineering council of south africa went through rigorous interviews of yeah. checking whether i'm competent enough to be able to operate and i passed that test and then got my professional engineering status
0: oh, excellent so it was also in, within your time frame that you yeah. had set excellent 3 years
1: got it and i moved on yeah mm. so so that, that that was the nice thing that 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 happened within centec then i became almost a senior engineer uh, because now i've got this Engineering mm. cap, status mm. cap that professional engineering status cap that I just, I just got. But however, when my career shifted dramatically, uh, from, from that, I went to a meeting somewhere in Cape Town. I met this guy from the Independent Communication Authority of South Africa. Mm. We're debating RF engineering and its impact on human bodies because I'm hanging from 300 meters. So yeah, yeah. I need to be part of that discussion with Department of Health and many other departments. And this guy said to me, there is an opportunity at Ikasa for manager of Broadcasting Spectrum. Will you be interested? Mm. At that time, I, li- I had little knowledge of Ikasa, But the feedback that I was getting from people as I was asking, they said, no, it's not the best place to work mm. and so forth and so forth. So I, w- I went back to him. I said, no, I'm not interested. Uh, I think I'm okay where I am. Mm. Uh, and then he persisted. And then I eventually forwarded my CV. Then the interview date came I took leave And then in the morning as I woke up I said I think I'm being unfair to the guy mm. I think I should call him and tell him I'm no longer coming to the interview Because mm. I'm really not interested in being In the regulatory environment yeah. Like Ikasa. yeah uh, Lord behold He calls me before I could call him To tell him I'm not coming oh, And then right. he says to me I think you uh, I hope you have not forgotten yeah, you are you come. Coming. Are you yeah. coming. You should yeah. come for the interview It's a very important interview And you need to come through then I chickened out. I decided, okay, let me go in and yeah. see <laughs> and, and see what the casa has to offer. I said in the interview, relaxed because yeah,
0: yeah, there was no pressure. At there that was point. no pressure at that point. I yeah. didn't
1: think I I'm really interested. Whatever decision they make, it's still fine. I'm mm. happy where I am. Mm. And within two days, they came back to me and said, no, we've got a job offer for you. And then I started now panicking and telling him, no man, I don't think that is the place that I want to work. Mm. And then to some convincing, and eventually I gave in. I said, okay let me go and look out there. I think I'm moving from being a pure technical guy. I'm going to a regulator. It's a management position. So it's a step in the Mm, right direction mm. in terms of career. And if I don't like it, I told my manager, I'm going to Ikaza, but if I don't like it there, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm (laughs) coming back. Hold
0: the door open. (laughs) You keep the door open. uh, How long into your journey was this then? So it was three years until you got that certificate. At this particular point, uh, how long after the certificate? So I think it should be four and a
1: half to five years at that particular point in time when I joined ICASA. Total time. Yeah, 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 uh, when I joined ICASA, yeah. And then I dealt with regulations, then I'm getting exposed to law, I'm getting exposed to policy, I'm getting exposed to... All these other elements, yeah. uh, not just the technical side. Even though I'm in, I'm on the technical side.
0: Yeah. Now this is an interesting, interesting thing. Uh, we sat with the head of Absa Capital once, and he he said that when he moves probably vertically up a, a corporate ladder or sometimes across different businesses he always hits always without doubt will hit a crisis of confidence for and and what that is for him is just he's moved into an environment where he doesn't quite isn't quite able to pull it all together. So there's this on the one hand and that on the other, but he can't connect the dots. Did you experience that? And, yeah. then, and then how did you deal with it?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I must be frank with you. So little did I know that as soon as I walk in, there was a regulation that has been outstanding that needed to be published. The industry was waiting for it to oh, be wow. commented on. <laughs> and 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 that's what that's the first job that they wanted me to do. So oh, wow. I went in tried to understand what they were doing and then very quickly I thought I understood what they were doing mm. I published it and it goes out in the government gazette and we are at the point of contact for that document it goes through council of course for approvals and so forth and the kind of critique that I found in the industry submitting to me mm. it was like Calvo you have you know nothing <laughs> what are you doing you, you felt like you are the most stupid person uh, mm. uh, on earth Yeah, uh, but I I took it positively and said, okay, they are critiquing the document. If I look at the document, it's consistent with the document that have been published before. Mm. I tweaked it a little bit. I thought I'm improving the document that they've Mm. done, they've done before. But what helped in that whole process is that I didn't take it personal. Mm. I took it as a part of the learning process. And then that helped me because then I started looking at the submissions that each company has made over the years, like three years back. I Mm. used to just go every weekend, go and read. Their submission and compare. Some of them, fortunately, you start picking up that they are also inconsistent about what they want each year. Oh, yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent! They are contradicted. Yeah, there are contradictions to what they are saying. Yeah. Some refer to some regulations of the ITU, for instance, and they. Some have decided to quote what suits them mm. and not quote the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And when you read the whole thing, it's consistent with what, what I've done. Mm. So I began to realize, okay, no. Yeah, it you've looks actually like, done quite a good no, job. No, 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 no. It's not as bad as I thought, mm. as I thought I would. And at the hearing, I'll be able to probe all these issues and they will, they will, they will be exposed as to who is actually telling the whole truth and I will acknowledge my shortcomings. Mm. But where they are being inconsistent and being opportunistic, I'll be be able to expose those type of things in the discussions.
0: What's so interesting about feedback and the feedback that you got was which was quite direct and probably very frank and very open um certainly from f- when you when you feel small uh, that is often the case with that kind of feedback it it tells you where your deficiencies are and where you should be just brushing up. I, I've I've I mean, I, I know I can feel the the ego side of me rejecting um, some of the feedback that I've received over the years, but mm. but it's so interesting that if we if we open to it, like mm. you like you said, you you have been the the kind of um, remarkable development that happens when you embrace that feedback. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't want to break away from your journey, but let's mm. just take a, a a quick aside. Put it. Let's look at your you as a CEO now, as you sit. Is your team open to feedback? Have you been able to take that same uh, approach to feedback that you have and and give it to your team? Uh, what has your be- your experience been maybe in this mm-hmm. role uh, you 're new there, but just over the years what is, what is your fe- your experience no, been
1: No 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 i I feel that the more direct you are in terms of communicating with people, the better. I hardly do uh, wait for. PO processes where we evaluate your performance mm. in order to give you feedback. I give people feedback every day. Mm. If I think they've done a bad job on something, they get it there and there. Mm. This is not good enough. Let's redo it. Let's fix it. This and this and that. How, do you, uh, how do you
0: keep the emotion out of it though? Because people get emotional and they, there's ego involved. Yeah.
1: Some people don't like it, mm. uh, but I think they're better hearing it than not hearing it at all because mm. then they'll p- continue giving you feedback uh, 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 giving you the job that they think they are doing good, Mm. whereas you know very well that you think that it's not good enough. So some won't like it. They will think many things of you, that you, you are what and what, but I think it's much better that way. I deal with issues as they happen every day and there are no qualms. We move from it. We get into something else and if it does good, I give them a pat at the back and say, well done. This is what, this is what I, I required. Mm. And people appreciate that the honest that you bring in terms of your leadership, the direction that you give. And then people, it's either they are going to follow you or they are not going to like you. And then they move on to other, other places. And that's how life works. We yeah. don't have to, to like each other all the time. We don't have to be nice to each other all the time. Mm. We have to be direct. We're here to provide a service and deliver deliver excellent service, excellent service to our customers and make sure we give the return on our shareholders, that's what we are paid for. Mm. If we don't, if we are not hard on each other and making sure that we deliver that, then we are not doing ourselves any good service.
0: Yeah, the, this idea that you always have to be kind and always have to be nice is not quite accurate, I don't think. And I, I think what has happened is that over over time, these, these people that like to write books and... Um, Often those who can't do, they teach. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's a very broad, general term. My, my wife, she loves the academic space and she always gives me grief when I say that. But often they, they, they seem to highlight these ideals, but the practicality of those ideals is very diff- very difficult. And I see you shaking your head and, and nodding, nodding now, and, but mm-hmm. again, the wry smile, because it really is a difficult thing to be able to implement in a real-world context.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people... so. There is this uh, lot of textbook writing about how compassionate you need to be at work, empathy, and so forth, and so forth. And they are very important. And I think you need to strike a very good balance where you have to be hard on people that are not performing, be hard on people that are not performing, and be fair to everybody. Where they are doing a good job, give them a pat at the back, uh, encourage them to continue to doing the excellent job, And people will understand you that you are treating them with fairness Mm. and they won't take it personally. Uh, So it can't just be compassion for the sake of compassion. We are Mm. not there just to to make each other feel good. Yes, yes, yes. yes, We are not there to make each other feel good. We are there to, to perform a job and we need to do our best, make sure that we do the best possible. Then we're able to succeed as companies.
0: The, I was speaking to the, the founder of the Sorbet brand, which is of course this, this very large and, and was national, now international beauty brand. Um, and, and the strategy that he employed and what he's very, very strong on is company culture, but not for company culture's sake. Uh, as we we 're highlighting here, rather because he understands that if if you put a certain type of person into the right position the results r- the results come and I think i 'm hearing something similar coming from you here as well
1: yeah mm. yeah so 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 i 've always said, and uh, even in my previous role that not everybody will succeed in the roles that they play in mm. uh, some people will come into a particular role. And you might also have the same impression that these people are going to succeed in this role and they come in and they let you down. Mm. And the sooner you realize that this person is not going to cut it in that particular role and the sooner you send a message to him that, or her that I don't think you're going to cut it in this particular role and therefore we need to have a different discussion altogether, mm. the better for you because some of them go on to roles that fit within them and make a, a good success of it. Rather than keeping them there where they are miserable, they can't deliver on, on what they need to deliver on, rather have a, a different discussions with them, and then they can move on to other things.
0: So this person that, that kept on hounding you to become part of Icasa, they saw something potentially within you. Did did you deliver in the end? Did, do you feel really good about your time there?
1: Yeah, I I, I think I've, I've, I've done positive things in terms of what, what I've done in Icasa because immediately after... After leaving, when I was ready to leave Ikasa, I had two job offers with two big companies in the country mm. and I decided to follow the multi choice one. And through the multi choice uh, journey, then I'm where I am today. So mm. I think even at Ikasa, actually, a person that wanted me to join multi choice came to me after a number of discussions on a number of regulatory issues and mm. said, the day you decide to leave to ikasa please come to me and and tell me that you like me to join um, uh, another company and i think we'll always have a place for you because of these elements that we pick up in you okay uh, but i dismissed it i thought Ugh. Maybe it's just uh, yeah, blo- an encouragement from somebody yeah, that uh, yeah, say you are doing a good job, kind be, words, yeah. yeah but uh, I just missed it. But yeah, it eventually happened. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually it
0: actually translated. And uh, I mean, I I don't want to go too personal. And and I can see you're not the the kind of person that's going to be proud and abrasive about what they what they shared. But what what are the qualities that that they they shared with you that makes them so open?
1: I think they they felt that. uh I understand, I make sure that I understand the subject matter Mm. very, very well.
0: Yeah, you spoke about studying on weekends and reading and reading and reading, yes? Yeah, Uh, uh, and it was, remember, it was a new
1: area which required law and everything. I need to sound like a lawyer, even Mm. though I'm an engineer, and quiz them on on the law as well as to whether we we agree. So I think they found a sense of, uh, I get to grasp the subject matter very well and be able to understand what's going on either in law or the technical side, which is where I was comfortable in. I stuck to my principles in terms of how I perceive the principles that guided that document. And even though they had changed their positions along the way, I kept my principles. Mm-hmm. I didn't opportunistically also change my principles. Mm-hmm. Even when it suits them, I said, yeah, today your principles also apply, apply to me. Therefore, I'm not going to change because you guys have changed this time around because you wanted to suit you, so those are the elements that I think they they sense in terms of whether I work hard or not. I don't think they will know up until I had joined them uh, but I think they've seen that i stick I stuck to my principles and I'm somebody that go that tries to make sure that I grab the subject matter very well. And present it to the best of my knowledge.
0: Yeah, internal steel—that ability to stay the path no matter what what comes your way—is a rare thing, and and it's enhanced by these other elements, which is a really good work ethic. Uh, but but this idea of steel inside of you, which is really a values-driven thing, uh, there's an integrity uh, to it. Which, uh, and I'm not talking about the honesty mm. debate. I'm talking about an integrity, the ability to stick to your word no matter what, whatever your word is. It seems like you do have that.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm I'm a person that sticks to whatever I communicate to you. I don't make promises that I can't fulfil, uh, and. In all my engagements with people, I'm being honest with them. If something cannot be done, I tell you in your face, it can't be done. Mm. It's, it's not, it's not going to happen, that mm. one. Uh, I don't care how you're going to take it, but at least I've delivered the message to you. So that, that I think, is a principle that we all need to live by. Uh, let's not make false promises. Let's not mislead people into thinking something else, whereas you know what we're thinking. Mm. And as a leader, I think when when you stick by those principles then it becomes an easier conversation to have with people Mm. uh, because that's what they want to get from you that you hold them accountable you are fair, you are principled and uh, you don't Mislead them in any way. Mm.
0: If we go back to the definition of confidence, which uh, was shared earlier, trust uh, or confidence is trusting in processes that work. The the implication behind trust itself is that there's a consistency, and so people can definitely trust you. And what that what the, what often happens is people don't always trust you initially, but then they'll trust your background, the processes that you have. But but anyway, consistency and mm. trust; those are two things that I'm hearing come out here in this conversation quite strongly. I'd like to move the conversation a little bit because I, I'm I'm fascinated by the challenge that you have ahead of you, which is very interesting. In a digital, in a, a, a more and more digital environment, an on-demand environment, uh, the world that you've inherited, um, certainly historically anyway, uh, is changing and is changing dramatically they've turned to you they're looking to you to to lead multi-choice into the new world um or further along into the new world uh, tell me about your thoughts there uh, yeah. that must have crossed your mind as you were making the decision
1: yeah uh, yeah so it crossed my mind and i think what i i've been 12 years in the company so i've i've been around the company for for too long but when you look at the at the company and what how it has transitioned over the years they were the f- it was the first company to launch pay tv dth outside direct to home outside of the us and successfully so they we are where we are today where we are facing online competition that is coming our way however this company has has shown that its dna is to thrive through technological changes and continue to lead as technology evolves over time mm. uh, so that gives me a sense of comfort that the DNA within the multi-choice people is that we embrace change, we adapt mm. to new technologies and we we have been successful in technology disruptions that have faced this business before. And when I look at the team composition uh, at the executive level, it gives me comfort. Mm. We are not stuck onto the DTH and uh, uh, focusing just on the old. We are looking ahead. We are mm. saying this is the opportunity that comes our way, guys. We need to embrace it. We need to... T- take it within our stride to make sure that we succeed. And those comes with a lot of elements that we need to do it. And as I lead this organization, then I bring in the element that says, yes, we need to put everything that we do at, at the center of it should be that we are moving digital, we are moving online, mm-hmm. and that's where the future is going to be. It's going to disrupt our business model. It might mean that... Uh, the whole business model has to collapse in order for us to be able to have a business in the future
0: and we'll we'll call that that rise the rise of a phoenix right yes yes, yes, yes. <laughs> i think
1: that's a good analogy that's a good analogy Gareth and yeah so that that is the essence of it and you need to bring in case studies as well to be for people to begin to appreciate that there are businesses that have allowed disruption in terms of technology or whatever to eat into their lunch and ultimately mm. disappear. Mm. Big businesses that today no longer exist mm-hmm. because as technology came in, they remained complacent and thought, no, it's going to come in 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's not going to come now. Little did they know, within 3-5 years their business is gone, they no longer have a business to show for it. So with us we are proactively investing in online like Showmax, DSTV Now and mm-hmm. all many other products and focusing a lot of energy into that. They are not going to make money today but we know in the future that's where we're going to get our money from.
0: Yeah, if you look at if you look at things with the the, the correct time horizons through the correct lenses, the, and and you, you act in, in the most appropriate way now for then, hmm. uh, you're moving in the right direction. Uh, I'm I'm often uh, well, I'm, let me say it differently. I'm fascinated by this idea that people are instant. And so in your, the customers that you're speaking to, they want instant things right now. But businesses don't really work like that, especially larger businesses. There are time horizons. There are, there's a strategy that's unfolding. How, how do you deal with uh, individuals who potentially are in your business with you that um, have an expectation of too much, uh, that the wheel is taking too long to turn? How do you, how do you pull them into um, seeing it for what it is right now?
1: Yeah, so there are a lot of things that you need to to communicate with people. I think communication is the most important thing in in, in the business. Mm. Make no, uh, leave no doubt in their mind that yes, this is where the business is going. Mm. It's no, there's no doubt about it. People then have the comfort they know where they are going mm. in terms of where the business is going. The second element which I agree with what we have raised is that agency needs to come to the center of everything that we are doing. Mm. We can't keep on talking about things and people not seeing anything changing within the business so we need to push people to get things done much quicker and as soon as they can feel these things that are happening then they begin to appreciate that indeed we are moving in that direction so i tend to agree with people that uh, have impatience in terms of seeing results Uh, and i would like us to push as much as possible to get to those points that we need to get to Uh, so i don't find it that we need to hold back and uh look at the 3 year horizon 5 year 10 year horizon we need to act now and get mm. things in place now and then all that we can be fighting for is how well we are received in, by the consumers out there as to whether we are reaching the targets that we are we are reaching or we are not getting the targets to the targets that we we set for ourselves and then we need to ch- change the model for it to be able to get to the customers that we really want
0: so you, you've described one of the pillars of your leadership, which is communication and potentially even over communication I, I can I can hear it already. Mm. What are your other two pillars of this this uh, tri, trifecta that that make up the makeup of your leadership
1: yeah, so you you drive communication, you drive performance within within teams. And you know, you send a message that you are not going to tolerate mediocrity within the organization. Mm. If that is the mantra of what you are communicating, be consistent, keep rehearsing it in every forum that you can get. And those three pillars that you have have made it your mantra, let them see it happening. That you are not tolerating mediocrity, which means there is consequences for mediocrity. Mm. Uh, Those that do well, which means there is reward for people that do well within the business. And that's the best way that you can be able to get everybody focused on a particular goal.
0: I think you've half answered the question already, but here is the, the the challenge to that: is how do you do it without coming across like a dictator?
1: Yeah, so it's it's it's, it's a very difficult thing to do because ultimately, as a leader, you have to make the decisions. Mm. You have to make those unpopular decisions along the way, and it's your responsibility to 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 do that. And the board and the shareholders have given you the responsibility to act like that. So you will have to engage with people, get the buy-in of every of everybody within the organization, but not buy-in for the sake of buy-in where you you think you are going to lead by consensus all the time. Mm. You are the ultimate person that's going to make the decision. You can engage, but ultimately you make the decision. And that message needs to come across very very strongly that you are going to make the decision and avoid being indes- indecisive. Mm. Do not be indecisive uh, yeah, yeah, do not be an indecisive leader. Rather make wrong decisions and fix it later because you realize that it's wrong and don't make a decision at all.
0: Uh, it was the head of, um, I forget his, I forget the business, but he, anyway, he said to me, uh, if, if you make decisions and 50% of them are wrong, that's better odds than you're going to get at any any casino. So make decisions. But ra- to your point, exactly. Rather make decisions and be wrong, mm-hmm. and then adjust along the way, than just get stuck and not do anything. Yeah, that's a fantastic, fantastic point. Uh, as we, I'm looking at the clock and we begin to wind down the conversation. It's been fascinating so far, and, yeah. I, and I'm I'm hearing some of the questions that our listeners are asking. Let me ask you some of them. So. You've described your what is it, your leadership philosophy. Let's just talk a little bit about what has happened over time when you've engaged with mentors, and so you would you would have received advice from individuals you look up to and and others. What's the worst advice you've ever received?
1: No, uh, I, I will not say the worst advice per se, but what I found is that some mentors want to shape you into what you are not. Okay, uh, which means that. They will want to bring elements that it's not within you, mm. you know, and try to make you follow those, those, those elements within your leadership. I think mentors need to look at you and see you for what you are mm. and then bring nice elements into it for you to get to the next level.
0: To, en- yeah. to enhance, to enhance, to enhance yeah. the natural instincts that you have exactly. rather than try and make you a, uh, a jack-of-all-trades but a master of none. Exactly, exactly. So okay.
1: you, you may try to make Calvo to be a, a guy that has got some funny fun elements into, into that. That's not me. Mm. I'm a serious guy. Mm. I focus on what needs to be done every day, and I want to get home. making. Uh, when I get home, I want to have peace that I've done the best that I could, and that's how I, I am. I'm not going to stand in front of a thousand people and make jokes. That's not me. Yeah, that's not yeah. how I, I, I bring people closer to me. You
0: give mm. me great peace by saying that because mm. I'm just a natural introvert and I, mm. and I like to be introverted, yeah. but the world seems to be attracted to these extrovert types. Yeah. But, but you're smiling and, and yeah, we, we're having a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's not necessary for no. this kind of, mm. kind of interaction. So, the, so don't let your mentor mold you into something that you're not. Yeah. The, I, I guess the challenge there is sometimes you don't know what you can be and so maybe your mentor is pushing you in a particular direction how do you identify that no I- so
1: that is one element that I that I've seen, mm. and if it doesn't work, you make it clear to to that person that no, that's I, I, not me. It just, it you know, just really isn't. Yeah, working. and yeah, it's not me. So,
0: so I think I hear you say, give it a go, but mm. if it's really unnatural and it really doesn't work, then mm. you must push it away. Yeah. Okay, mm. oh, that's a good way to to do, to to solve that problem. Yeah. Mm. Um, then let's move to the the best advice that you've ever received and acted on. Mm.
1: So the best advice that i've i've ever received gareth is along the the lines that when you put the best effort forward in everything that you do on a day-to-day basis you are more likely to reach the results that you are looking for mm. it doesn't matter what what you do so best effort yeah mm. put put the best effort in everything that you that you do that will show in the results at the at the end of, at the, end of the day uh, and That's the mantra that I try to live by, that in every little thing that I do, it's either I'm writing a paragraph or I'm writing a letter, responding to a particular letter. Mm. Let me write it as best as I can. Give yourself to that moment, I think. Yes, fix it, get it right, and then send it, and it must come across as the best effort that we have put in. Mm. In many instances, that plays itself in many other things that you need to perform, and Mm. that plays itself in terms of your performance and in life, So that is a key, key aspect that I try to do to practice every day that as I walk into the office, every little thing that comes to me, I apply the best of my mind. And if I have to critique it, I critique to the best of my abilities mm. and make sure that I give the, the best feedback that I can give in that way. Then it plays itself out in terms of performance wherever i'm driving performance
0: yeah it's it's again it's a, it's that the time horizon thing it's the it's putting the uh, the the Horse before the cart. It's saying, in order to get there, I really need to do this now and I need to do it really well. And mm. sound advice. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for sharing. I guess on, on that though, so there's going to be times where you have put your best effort in, but then you're met with disappointment. How do you deal with disappointment when it comes across your desk or in your life in some, whatever form it comes?
1: Yeah. So I like winning, uh, to be, <laughs> yeah, to be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. I've okay. been. I've been a competitive child at an early age. I wanted to be number one in class all the time back in the days when we used to be rated by one, number one, number two, number three. Oh, yes. So I always strive to be number one, not that I've become number one all the time. There are times that I was back. I was not uh, the best performing student. So that, that, that is what I, I, I try to do at, at all costs. However, I think through experience and, uh, and life going on, I began to appreciate that I can do as much to the best that I can. Mm. And if I don't get the result that I'm looking for, I need to go back and look at what has gone wrong
0: and use that as a learning for the next Mm. thing that is coming my way in life. How do you not beat yourself up about it though? So I can hear our uh, our listeners are are saying that's really a good way to approach it, um, re-look and rehash and try and fix it up for the next time. But during that period, yeah, I mean, I certainly, I know, I look at myself and I judge myself very harshly. i my, my my own worst critic, as they might say. How do you deal with the the emotional side of it?
1: No, uh, so when when you are leading, you don't have the luxury to bring emotions into 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 all those things that that you are doing. Mm, okay, uh, you need to hold it back somewhere else in your corner because it might be that the whole team has failed to deliver on a specific goals, mm. and therefore, if the leader is Throwing his hands up in the air and saying, "Ah, guys, we we are really losing this battle." Then, then the the whole business might collapse. So you hold it back. You you go and cry somewhere else. When you come in, you need to inspire people, keep people motivated to and look forward to the next challenge. That is not uh, that is not the end of the world. And that's what leaders have to bring into into teams. Mm. And that's what I'm I try to bring into teams and. Push and remind them of the things that we have done in the past. That this might just be a, a a dent, but we know we are capable enough. We should be able to achieve better results next time. And let's forge ahead.
0: Mm, I, I like that a lot. Go go and beat a beat a punching bag. Uh, do whatever you need to do to release it, but do it somewhere else. Yeah. Don't do it in front of your team. Yeah. Um, make sure that you're a, a pillar of sorts for them. Yeah. And I, I like that a lot. What are you reading at the moment? What book are you reading? So at the moment,
1: because I'm just so focused on, on this, uh, on the business and making sure that we perform and we are facing very big giants in terms of performance on, and so forth, uh, in terms of the competition that is, that is coming to the market, the likes of Facebook and, and everybody else. Yeah, yeah. What I found, I went back to reading books that I've read in the past. Mm. Uh, and the book that I'm reading at the moment is by Jack Welch called Winning. Winning. Uh, Winning. Yeah. Okay. So, if you remember Jack Welch is one of the yeah, phenomenal GE. guys a uh, mm. guy that took g e from here uh, to the next stage mm. and it was one of the big companies then went down mm. and then he picked it up again. Yep. So I found his writing to be very simplistic uh to be very direct, and I think I relate to how he he values feedback, what form of motivations you need to bring in into into a workforce and how you communicate, honest, frank, robust, and uh, that plays itself in terms of people performing. And if you reward people that perform and deal with those that don't perform, then the business is on a a better trajectory. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to instill is a sense that say that we are competing with the best in the world Mm -hmm. and therefore we need to be the best in the world as well. Otherwise, if we are not going to be the best in the world, they are going to eat us for lunch.
0: That's amazing. Uh, 10 years ago, would you have thought that, that you would have been competing against the best in the world? Cause that, that's the world we live in. We are not, uh, uh, we're in a global world. You're in a global environment. Mm. The, what people are consuming, they're consuming from all around the world. You have to compete against them. Thank what, a, what a thought. Yeah. Thank you. The, uh, let, let, let's round off the conversation and we, with one or two more questions. And uh, I think what we'll do is we'll jump to the, the, the most important question I think we always ask all of those that come through that door and sit behind that mic. Um, and, and, and is, and that is the, the question, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself, to the young 20 year old future CEO, you, what would you say to yourself? i think
1: i would have been more inclined to say there could have been opportunities that i would have taken up and added on to the things that i needed to do in term in terms of expanding my knowledge and that includes a number of things uh learning business acumen from an early, from an early age and mm. uh, not just focusing on my engineering degree and whenever i get spare time then i have fun or mm. play sport and whatever it's important to have that element also into it, but I think I could have expanded my knowledge at a much earlier age. But and as a, as a
0: complement, right? Not not as a as an, an only focus.
1: No, 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 no. So as as a compliment, you don't have to stop having fun. You don't have to stop playing sport, and all all those elements help help me to help to build what what I am. But I think I I could have expanded a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the business acumen, I could have read a lot around business and how it operates. I could have learned uh, finances uh, a little bit more at a much earlier age. Mm-hmm. And I think that those elements will have been very f- fruitful today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the language of finance, what a language to be able yeah. to try and grasp later mm-hmm. on in your life. It's better to, better to start early. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calva, it's been a fantastic conversation, a fascinating conversation. Thank you for being here on the Future Sea show to share some of your journey. And what we're going to do is we're going to be sitting sitting behind the scenes, watching very carefully, and we wish you all the best in this, this new journey that is the sea of multi-choice. Uh, what, a, what a phenomenal opportunity, and we're excited for you. Um, we're nervous for you as well because it's one heck of an undertaking yeah. in a, an ever-changing, rapidly-changing world. Mm. Thank you for being here to share some of your journey with us, and we hope to catch up with you real soon.
1: Thank you, Gareth. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you to our listeners.
0: All right. That's all we have time for this week. We are going to be back again next week with top CEOs, with executives and entrepreneurs that are pushing their businesses as fast and hard as they can. If you want to learn from them, make sure you tune into Future CEOs. Download our podcast at cliffcentral.com or alternatively go, alternatively go to future-ceos.com to get the podcasts there. We'll see you again soon. Cliff Central the revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com